The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. I'm the editor-in-chief over at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Once again, joined by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, we have made it through the doldrums (laughs) of the offseason. Yeah. Training camp is within reach. Are you ready for the Take It Back tour to begin? Yes, I am. I'm looking forward mostly, I think, to things getting back to some semblance of normal. I mean, some things about training camp will be different this year than we've seen prior to 2020, but it'll be so much better than last year uh, where so many things were outside of the ordinary. Um, So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to some kind of normalcy for training camp. Yeah, it was really, I think, a a year of being in the dark when Mm -hmm. it came to training camp. And once the league took away preseason games, I mean, you really didn't know what to expect. Not that I like preseason games, I'm an NFL reporter and I am not a fan of preseason games, but now I'm like, bring the preseason back. So we get some (laughs) kind of sign of what's to come for the regular season. Well, this is an old, this is old man wisdom here. You never appreciate something fully until you don't have it anymore. Okay. And I think it it was fashionable for fans to complain about preseason games being meaningless and all that kind of thing. But the fact is they do serve a valuable purpose uh, to NFL teams. And we didn't really fully appreciate that until we didn't have them anymore uh, as happened last season. So, you know, yes, they're not perfect. When I was a season ticket holder, I didn't like paying for preseason games, you know, being forced to buy the tickets to them. Yeah. Um, And so I I understand that criticism, but it is an important part of what they do every year. And without it, it's kind of a problem. Got it. So you don't appreciate things until they're gone. I don't know if you have a deeper meaning that you're trying to get through to me here, John, (laughs) as a single man, but I understand exactly where you're coming from. All right, let's get into some Chiefs news. Enough of this. It is a week from training camp as of today, Tuesday, July 20th. You covered this for us at arrowheadpride.com this morning. What do you think people should know about what is to come a week from today, John? 
Well, I think the first day of training camp will be um, a little unusual because there's not going to be a practice. They're they're, mm-hmm. they're all together for the first time on Tuesday for a full day. They'll be the veterans will be rewarding on Monday. It seemed like the NFL really pushed this July 27th date, and the Chiefs. It seems like they'll just be in meetings. Right. Yeah. And uh, the first practice won't be until Wednesday. Um, the it will be only open to season ticket members. The first public right. practice will be on Thursday. The quarterbacks and rookies will report on Friday, and they will have closed practices, which will be open to reporters, but not the public, on uh, three days of that weekend, on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And we expect to hear from uh, players and uh, coaches uh, through the course of the weekend after they report. So that'll be good. We'll get some We'll get some. Uh, some quotes from Chiefs players and quotes, uh, coaches this weekend, and it'll be kind of normal. Um, right. I think that's the key. It's kind of, yeah. right? It's kind yeah. of normal. We're not completely yeah. back to 2019 and what is, you know, unlimited tickets in a sense at training mm-hmm. camp yeah. where you know, autographs, regular media availability with players and reporters mingling very close. There's some some things that are going to still be impacted by the COVID pandemic. But yeah, to your point, it's going to feel, I think, normal for fans. I, I really do, especially if you're someone who doesn't really go to training camp. I mean, everything coming out mm-hmm. of training camp should look a lot like what it was in 2019. That's one weekend, one day at a time here. I tend to think by the conclusion of what is the 2021 season and next off season, assuming things don't go crazy with, I know this Delta variant is out there mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. We, we should be back to normal. I think by the end of what is the 2021 season, maybe by the playoffs of the 2021 season. And I think that is a welcome change for everybody involved. I think when you're looking at both being an NFL fan and I think in life in general, and then with the NFL specifically, I think we're in for the most energetic, emphasized, fan-pumped year yet of football, mm-hmm. and and that's something yeah. to be excited about. Yeah, I agree, and and I think people are are worked up about it, and they're looking forward to it. I know I am. I, it'll just be it'll just be great to get back to some kind of a, a a normal pattern with just some stuff that's not entirely normal. I want to go over this because it's a a greater story right now in the NFL, probably the number one story that you're going to hear about NFL wise today doesn't have anything to do with the chiefs. It's an NFC team, but I Uh think in a sense, I think in a sense it does because I think the number one thing you're looking at when you go to training camp is no serious injury. The chiefs already had one in the off season with Kyle Long, who was expected to miss the entirety of training camp, probably costing him any chance at that right guard position mm-hmm. yeah. out of Los Angeles, running back Cam Akers slated to be the starter north of, you know, 200 carries probably this year. He suffered a torn Achilles while training. Uh, that is from NFL networks, Tom Pelissero. If you're a fantasy player, that means Daryl Henderson is now probably in line to be your RB one, maybe more of a committee uh, like we saw in Los Angeles last year. But when it comes to Kansas City, this is exactly what you hope to avoid. I mean, a, a key player like mm-hmm. that for your yeah. team missing out because they have this terrible injury while training. And you know, you see that in the division, I think, more with L.A., where it seems like every year they have 
five to 10 significant Mm -hmm. injuries and knock on wood here, right? To the Chiefs credit, they really haven't had that when it comes to losing players in a non-game setting. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of that last season. We had some during the season. Of course, the offensive line was a big problem uh, during the season last year. But yeah, we didn't have a lot of uh, uh, players who were hurt during camp and had to endure, oh my gosh, they didn't even make it to the regular season. That's just terrible. I thought you were going to bring up the Aaron Rodgers thing. I, I didn't know we were going to talk about Cam Akers. So I, I, when you said the, the big story everybody's hearing about, I thought it was Aaron Rodgers. There's stories about him everywhere today. Well, Aaron Rodgers, that has been a story throughout the offseason. I know that there was another wrinkle from Adam Schefter mm-hmm. this morning yeah. that basically said the Packers had offered him a, a deal to make him the richest quarterback in the league, extending him to what would be a total of five years. And mm-hmm. he apparently turned it down. So Interesting yeah. in a sense in Kansas City because that would have trumped, you would think, Patrick Mahomes in the sense that this, of course, would have made Aaron Rodgers a richer player when it comes to the quarterback position than Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But he is yeah. so disgruntled in Green Bay that he did not accept the contract. So some news around the league today that kind of has to do a little bit with the Kansas City Chiefs if you want to make those ties, but more so in Kansas City looking toward training camp. As we talk about other teams in what is the AFC, Melvin Ingram, who we had looked at and talked about on this show as a potential target for the Chiefs, he ends up in Pittsburgh. John, when you saw this, what was your reaction? Well, it took me a minute to come to this reaction, but I think what I now believe is that the uh, the Chiefs uh, aren't worried about Frank Clark missing time this season. Right. I think if they thought Frank Clark was going to miss any significant time this season, then they would have signed him up a couple weeks ago. Uh, because they haven't done that, that either means that Clark is going to be around and they don't feel they have to have another veteran player in to step in for him, uh, or it uh, it means that they're happy with the people they have anyway, and uh, they didn't like what they saw in Ingram when he came in for a visit. But I think the, the main thing is, though, that it suggests that the Chiefs uh, don't believe Frank Clark will miss time this season. I would tend to agree with you. I think if there was a real fear that he would miss a grand chunk of time, maybe they make this move. Ian Rappaport actually said this on a podcast, I believe it was the Pat McAfee show that connected Ingram to the Chiefs. So they let him go to Pittsburgh, which is in a sense an AFC rival. I don't think the compensation was ever in agreement there. I think the Chiefs probably, I would guess, would wanted Ingram on on more of something where it was incentivized. And Mm, so now I think it also says something in addition to Frank Clark about their confidence in some of these younger players in being able to pick up some of the slack in Mm -hmm. Taco Charlton, Tim Ward, Mike Dana, maybe to some extent, if they think they can get him ready, Josh Kando, the rookie who profiles to be that Tano Passano type of player for the Chiefs. Who Don't forget, Steve Spagnuolo really liked the measurables on Tano Passano and and made the most out of him. We thought Passano would be an easy John Dorsey remnant cut mm-hmm. yeah. really took a two passenger who's now mm-hmm. of course with the new Orleans saints. So Josh Kando, I think is certainly in that mix. And we have some other names and Damone Harris. And of course we have to mention our guy, Austin Edwards. So we'll see. Oh, what, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll see what the chiefs do. I know that a lot of fans have been saying Justin Houston is still out there and I continue to stay back. I think that chapter has already been written. I think yeah. that book is closed on Houston returning. Now, you never know what can happen. We just talked about acres. Injuries can impact that. And maybe there is a scenario in a desperate situation that 
Kansas City could go in that direction. I don't expect it. And so onward we go. Melvin Ingram now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought this was interesting. We mentioned it on the Arrowhead Drive as our kicker on Monday. Tyree Kill has a new alter ego on social media. I love this. He's dressed up as a grandpa. He's got white hair. He looks like he is just an older gentleman. I imagine it's going to be Tyree Kill in public going to a park and then challenging some younger folks to a race. Do you think that people are going to buy it? The the disguise to me, I mean, I know exactly what Tyree Kill looks like. I've covered him since the beginning of his career. I could easily tell that it's him, but I know it's him. And so I was left looking at that Instagram that he posted and wondering, is this really going to work? What did you think about it? Well, for one thing, I'd just like to make it clear that not all grandpas look like (laughs) Tyreek Hill does in that picture. Uh, I thought it was really cute. I I thought it was a real effective disguise. Um, And I think that he could go out in public and some people probably wouldn't recognize him. I I know you would, Pete, because you've been around him a lot more than most people have. and, And it's a lot easier to recognize somebody that you've been around versus somebody you've only seen in pictures. Yeah, there's a pizza commercial out there where they try to dress Shaquille O'Neal in a costume. Yeah. I mean, and you could just yeah. tell it is Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal. And I'm just wondering, is this going to be that type of thing where people just recognize him right away? If he does it in what is Kansas City or Georgia, I think it's more likely. But maybe if he goes away from Missouri and Kansas and Georgia and just out to a random park in Florida, for example, Florida right. man, yeah. is that go out to Yellowstone or something? Right. Yeah. yeah. Where just he's not recognizable at all. And people don't know him. I think he's going to have a better chance, but I think that's going to be a fun video series whenever it does come out where when he finds folks who are tricked and he just <laughs> looks like the flash out there at the park and his cane and white hair and whatnot. So chasing down uh, purse snatchers or something. Right. That's important. That's important. A public defender in a sense. Okay. Let's get into our next piece of news. Kansas city chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings, they are getting the national preseason treatment. Let's remind folks, right. That the preseason games this year, there's only three of them instead of four. So now two of the three chiefs preseason games are on what is national television. So that's, that's a cool thing. Uh, They first play the San Francisco 49ers. That is only local. That's on Saturday, August 14th, KSHB Friday, August 20th at Arizona will be on ESPN. And the one added, as I just said, is chiefs and Vikings on August 27th. That'll be now on NFL network also on KSHB for those of you who don't have it uh, as well. So some national treatment, I'm still wondering how Andy Reid is going to handle three instead of four. Andy Reid is the ultimate creature of routine and habit. And mm-hmm. we don't really know how this three-game schedule is going to change him. John, you tend to think that the Chiefs are going to run their starters in game three. I would disagree with you there, but you, you're just saying there's just going to be such a layoff that you, you don't think Andy Reid's going to want to have the starters to be that rusty when it comes time for week one, correct? Yeah, yeah we've talked about this before on the show. and and and. I think this is one of the most interesting things about this offseason is how it will adjust coaches' perception of how preseason ought to go. Because one of the things that's happened over the years is that coaches have pretty much treated this the same way. Right. And that fourth preseason game ends up being the all-rookie game 
you know, the starters come in for a few plays at the beginning, if at all. And otherwise, it's just guys who are desperately trying to uh, impress the coaches and make the final roster. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be that way for the final preseason game this year. I think some coaches may choose to do it differently, and Andy Reid might be one of them. And um, and then we'll see if he does it the same way next year. You know, he's a creature of habit because he's figured out these things over a period of time. You know, I did it this way for a while, and I did it this way. Now I'm doing it this way, and I've been doing it for 20 years. I'm not sure that he knows exactly how he wants to do it this year. And after doing it one time, he may decide to do something else. So right. this is going to be very interesting to me. Yeah, he would typically have the final starters dress rehearsal in week three and give them that final week off. Mm-hmm. I I think that he'll rest the starters game three where I could see it being interesting then is if you say, okay, like Mahomes and the starters are not going to see the field. The last time they'll see the field before September 12th would then be August 20th. Yeah, see? Yeah. And that's what, about 22, 23 days. The reason I feel the way I feel, though, is because we've thought something similar when the Chiefs have locked up a bye and they still rest the starters week 17. It's essentially the same amount of rest before you would see them again in what would be like the divisional round of the playoffs. To me, the worst possible thing that you have to avoid and it seems like we have a theme with every episode. This is almost the injury episode is an injury in a meaningless contest. <laughs> and, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be ready regardless. But we don't know. I mean, that's that's the truth. It's just me and you having differing opinions about this. And we will well, see what happens. I just. Well, I think you're making a really good point. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is the period of time we're talking about. If you rest your starters in week 17 and you have a bye week, it's the right. same amount of time. You're right. But that's after a full season of everybody playing together. And that's not the situation we're going to be in yeah. when we get to the third preseason. It could be a thing game. where the offensive line is yeah. the offensive line and it's Chad Henney. Funny, because the last time the Vikings saw the Chiefs, they got a little dose of the Matt Moore <laughs> virus. <laughs> so now they'd be getting the other backup with the O-line. But yeah, I could see the O-line being out there mm -hmm. getting yeah. more reps and maybe you you don't like I look at Patrick Mahomes for example like I don't think Mahomes needs three preseason games I think he would be fine I think he'd be fine today to beat a team in a regular game if that was the case as he is not even fully recovered from his injury and so with that in mind I, I think he gets the first two games and we'll see they may pick and choose the starters that they choose to play in that week three mm -hmm. game. yeah well you know? with us in essence a compromise you know, we gotta we've got to worry about these this group of players, but not so much this group of players. You, we might see that too. Yeah, I agree. So remains to be seen. We'll keep you updated, right? That's what this right. is about at arrowheadpride.com. Right. Last piece of news. Uh, it's no news on the elephants in the room. And literally just five minutes ago, I'm looking at my Twitter as of this recording. Tyron Matthew tweeted, I ain't taking no questions. And he put up the okay emoji. All right. Uh, so no questions, I guess, about the contract. And then Frank Clark, really no news on that front. I think the Clark thing, to your point about Ingram, it feels like when it comes to on the field, and this is a thing that's going to have to be worked out off the field, but I think when it comes to on the field, he should be available to mm -hmm. the Chiefs. Tyron Matthew, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. We've, we've said this. Who knows that it can happen before the regular season starts, but it's seeming less and less likely that this deal is going to get done before what would be the 23rd or even the 26th, John? Uh, maybe. 
I mean, I think that tweet he just sent out suggests that that they're talking about it uh, extensively, uh, which isn't exactly news. You're right. There's no actual news on this. It's, it's not it's not a news flash that he and the chiefs are talking about a new deal. Um, but, you know, there's still a couple, three days here. They might still put something together. You just never know about these things. I just man, I think if it was any other player, I'd be wondering if he showed up. Right. I mean, we had the case where Jamal Charles didn't show up. We, right. we had the case where yeah. we just talked about Houston. Houston didn't show up for a, a period of time as he was working on the contract. I don't think Matthew is that player. No. Is is he hurting himself in a sense in that? Maybe. But you know what? Like he puts the team above himself. I think it's a, a minor storyline to watch. We'll be certainly looking for Tyron Matthew when veterans are supposed to be on the field what as of next Wednesday and to see if he's there, but I just expect him to be there. And mm. so that's, what's very odd about this situation. You know, you think about Aaron Rodgers and the situations that I just mentioned in the past with the chiefs, regardless of the, if he has a long-term extension going into his final year, I think Matthew is there next week, which is wild to say. I'm like pretty sure about that too. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And that's of course why I think the chiefs need to lock this guy up is because he's that kind of player and isn't self-centered. He's a team guy, and I think that's why the Chiefs need to lock him up. All right, that's your news for this edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. When we come back, we are going to get into some training camp headlines we are hoping to see. Stay with us on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. It is Tuesday, July 20th. This is our final episode where we don't have any real tangible news to talk about, John. So what are we going to do? We're going to make our own news. I talked to you about this show that I used to watch when I was just a young boy. You know, Kyle Chandler of Friday Night Lights, his breakout role was on something called Early Edition. And this is what happened on the show. Kyle Chandler happened to get yesterday's newspaper a day ahead so he could tell the future and go stop crimes that were happening in his city, try to change the headlines. So we're going to do an early edition of our own. (laughs) We're going to talk about Chiefs headlines we would like to see by the end of training camp. We have both come up with five or six of our own. We have not told each other what the headlines are. So these are going to be natural reactions. John, 
You talked about it. You're a wise man. I'm going to go age before beauty here. You can go with your first headline. All right. Here's my first uh, Chiefs headline I'd like to see. Chiefs give Tyron Matthew three-year contract extension. We just talked about this. Right. You know, this needs to get done. And uh, it might happen here before uh, players report on Friday, before the quarterbacks and rookies report on Friday, even before uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, it could end up happening. Um, but I think it's going to happen uh, before the end of training camp. And I think it absolutely needs to happen. The Chiefs can't let this guy go into the last year of his contract um, on the existing deal. They need to get him locked up, give themselves a little more salary cap space this year and have him available for another two or three years after this coming season. I, I think it's – I can't believe they haven't done it yet, uh, but I think they will, and I hope they will. All right. I like that. By the way, I had listed here, Tyron Matthews signs contract extension <laughs> mid-practice, so an unprecedented <laughs> signing where Brett Veach comes out with the lawyers middle of practice and says, all right, enough is enough. We've come to an agreement. Let's get this done right in front of the fans. He signs the contract on the field to a raucous ovation because the fans would know it'd be very WWE. WWE is really into the contract signings yeah. right in front of the fans. And so yeah. I think that would be a, a nice storyline and really something that we've never seen in NFL history. So on the field at St. Joe, that's the eye. I like it. His representation is there. They say, look, Tyron, we've reviewed this. This is exactly what you want. And then as he said and deleted this week, he's got the 10 figures in the bag, locked up. All right, let's go to my first headline that not, doesn't have to do with this. New Chiefs offensive line are young guns of the NFL. The rookies play so well on the right side that they lock up the entire center to the right side of the line, meaning that Lucas Niang comes to camp and looks so good that he is your right tackle. Trey Smith comes to camp and looks so good beats out LDT and Andrew Wiley, and both of these guys convince Andy Reid that they're going to be okay. Then you go to the other side. Who do you have? Orlando Brown Jr., age 25. Joe Tooney, the elder at 28 on yeah. this line, and they're saying, you know what? These guys are good enough, and they're going to be one of the better offensive lines in the league. And guess what? Three of these players on the right side are locked into their rookie contracts for the next three years. Orlando Brown. You could get him on his franchise tag. So he's locked up for the next two. And then Joe Tooney already signed that long-term deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. So you have a really good young offensive line. You don't have to worry really about paying them for what? Another two, three years. And you talk about run it back. Maybe this is something where you get back to the Super Bowl. You're able to do it. And you're in prime position with your OL and your protection to do it again. Run it back part two next year, John. Young guns of the, of the NFL, the Chiefs offensive line. What do you think about that? I don't think that's super likely. As you know, I've been kind of saying all along, I think there's going to be one or two veterans on the right side of the line. Okay. Can we have some but, fun here? I mean, I, yeah, know, I know, I, I but know, I would, but I would Mike love Rivers, to see that. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike, look, do in yeah. my heart of hearts, right? Yeah. I believe Mike Remmers is probably your right tackle, but, yeah. but I know I agree. Andy Reid play rookies, especially along the offensive line before. And I think, I really think if I had, you know, a gun to my head. You want to say, hey, Pete, this is it. This is your life is on the line. Who's going to be your right guard? I would honestly say right now, Trey Smith, right? So right. I'm already thinking Humphrey and Smith are in. It's whether or not Niang can knock mm -hmm. off Remmers, less likely of the, the three, in my opinion. But how cool would it be 
if they play so well at camp and in the preseason, Andy Reid is like, we say the five best guys. We have no choice. I understand it's their first year, but this is our offensive line. I think that would be a really cool headline to predict and 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 dream about here at our head well, well i agree and i i've been trying to be realistic about it as i've made my projections about the offensive line this off season yeah you did a and, nice series on that yeah and and i've tried to stay realistic about it and not go crazy about these rookies but i agree it would be fabulous to have all these guys uh show up well enough in camp that they could be the starters and we could have that kind of a young offensive line under contract for a long time. So much so Uh that one of my headlines was Chiefs trade Lauren Duvernay-Tardif, which would mean that they were so confident in these rookie players, they didn't feel they needed to have LDT around for the last year of his contract and they could trade him away to another team. So we always got to put the asterisk there though, too, John, that, that he would have to waive that no trade clause, which is possible. Yes. Yeah. If he would, he isn't going to start in Kansas city. Right. I, I think in a particular situation where he knows he is going to start at the right guard position, potentially we think, as a group here at AP, maybe he would want to waive that clause. I think he likes being a chief too, but yes, it changes mm-hmm. the game when you're a reserve player versus yeah, the starting right guard. And and I just want to say, I don't really want that to happen. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. I love his attitude. I love his story. And I don't really, really want to see him go. But I would also, but I also really want the Chiefs to have a solid offensive line for a long time. And so these are competing things in my head about, okay, do I want this? Do I want that? And really you have to look at the long-term thing, which is to get these young players in there and and on their their rookie deals for a long time and playing extremely well. I mean, I'd love for LDT to stick around. I'd love it. But if we get the other thing, I could put up with him being traded away to another team because that would, would be what made sense for him. Simply playing devil's advocate here on that point, and then we could go to your next headline, John. I just wonder if Brett Veach is going to trade any depth. Does he have depth <laughs> PTSD in a sense where it's like, <laughs> That's I don't care. I don't care if you're a starter. You're staying here. <laughs> because we're not getting to the Super Bowl and having what happened happen again. Yeah, so. we're going to have 13 offensive linemen on the team this year. <laughs> 15, 15. The other, the other 10 offensive players are just the rest. Okay, let's go to your next headline, John. Uh, Chiefs release tight end Nick Kaiser. Oh, now, man. I got nothing against Nick Kaiser. Um, Nick. You know, he's obviously not a, a great, a flashy tight end who's going to get up a lot of receiving yards. But if the Chiefs release him before the end of training camp, that says... Two things that Noah Gray has really impressed them in training camp. I'd love to see that. And it also says that they're very happy with what Blake Bell is doing. I would love to see a situation where the Chiefs can go into this season with Kelsey, Blake Bell, and Noah Gray doing very well. And that would be indicated by the Chiefs releasing Nick Kaiser. Sorry. You no, know, we're have we're having fun with this segment. That's an yeah. actual headline we're gonna see. I'm telling you. Yeah. That that yeah. I I no. I Absolutely. think for sure that they're going to go with the three that you just mentioned in Kelsey, Bell, and Gray. There's just too many signs from around the NFL of people we know the Chiefs talk to, like the Schragers and the Riddicks that are high on Gray. And Gray right. is starting to get some of this low-key buzz. I think he's definitely your TE3 to start the year. And then who knows by the end of this thing mm-hmm. if he's getting that Demetrius Harris type of love getting past Bell as your tight end too. I know that Bell is, he's a better blocker 
than what Gray will be, at least to start. But who knows? I mean, as the season goes yeah. on, that could change. All right. I'm going to go with the Mahomes headline. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes comes up with yet another new arm angle. And this would have to be... <laughs> I mean, we've seen, it almost feels like we've already seen 360. I mean, this would almost have to be a like behind the back, between the leg type of situation. But what I will say, and there's a serious part to this, that's the beauty of going up to St. Joe at training camp because Mm -hmm. there are times when it, it is an unwritten rule among reporters where you don't report trick plays. And sometimes you can only see and hear about these things if you're at training camp. So if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are working on a trick play where he snaps the ball, try to picture this, in a shotgun position, and he goes right arm under his left leg in some type of screen pass, that's never going to be reported on airheadpride.com. That is an unwritten thing. And okay, you want to say, Pete, no, that's never going to happen. Really? We have seen him do a (laughs) no-look pass. We have seen him do a Derek Jeter flat out (laughs) under his arm type of throw to the end Mm -hmm. zone. So behind the back we know he's been working on so i look say what you want and yeah i'm having a little bit of fun with this but you never know with patrick mahomes get up to saint joe if you can right no i i think that would be a terrific headline to see it'd be a terrific to see him uh come up with something we haven't even thought of yet i mean that's what's crazy to me is that we wouldn't even have anticipated you know some of the things that he's done that pass in the super bowl which obviously wasn't a planned thing but Mahomes works on that kind of thing. What if I'm in this situation where I have to throw a pass with both of my feet off the ground, uh, you know, laid out sideways, and it was a great pass. He beat the Denver Broncos that first season with his left hand. Yeah. Yeah. How could you rule out anything? Yeah, you really can't. Yeah, I like that one, Pete. I like that one a lot. All right, you're up. Uh, defensive end, Tim Ward credited mm. with three sacks during first team reps. Now, obviously there's not going to be sacks right during these training pack yellow uh, jerseys. Scrimmages. That's why they wear the yellow jerseys. Right. But there's going to be, but we'll see Tim Ward go in there and get credited with three sacks during first team reps at training camp. What that would mean is that the chiefs are very happy with him and he's getting first team reps and he's doing very well when he's in with the first team. And this would be why the Chiefs didn't make a big move in free agency for a defensive end is because they're very high on Tim Ward. They've invested a lot in him at this point. And I think it would be fantastic to see an indication before the end of training camp that their optimism has been justified. Yeah, going back to 2019 when we were still allowed to practice, Tim Ward was there in a cap and he was coming off an injury out of college and they kept him around and watched him get the mental reps for a year mm-hmm. involved yep. last year. So now he has a year in the system under his belt. It's been hard on the guys that really weren't able to get reps because they weren't able to get an off season last year. So now you have a year under his belt. It should be a full off season this year. So this is the now or never time for Tim Ward grand opportunity. We don't know what's going to be happening with Frank Clark. Melvin Ingram is not in the building. It feels like it's anyone's job opposite what could be Clark, what could be end up being Chris Jones, depending on how the situation shakes out. So I like that one in in Tim Ward. And I just don't think the Chiefs would have kept him around this long if they didn't see that ceiling for him. And so let's see if he can pay that off when they need it now more than ever. Yeah. Speaking of the defensive side, I'll stick with that. Willie Gay giving off serious Derek Johnson vibes, right? Oh, yeah. 
Chiefs have been missing that really athletic linebacker, mm-hmm. maybe since Derek Johnson has been, what was he, an Oakland Raider, and then he ended up retiring. I don't think that they have had that when they drafted Willie Gay. I think they had that in mind. We had Derek Johnson here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, and Johnson saw a little bit of himself in Gay. Mm-hmm. Same points about Ward. I don't have to repeat them with not having you know that rookie offseason. He has had that. He's 100% healthy off of that meniscus injury. And Damian Wilson is no longer here. And the Chiefs really need him to perform because if he doesn't, right, it's going to be another situation where Ben Neiman is going to be getting a lot of reps. I think ideally they want Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay to be the guys this season. I think Ben Neiman is on this team. I think you hope that's in more of a special teams role because if Gay is on the field, you're going to be a better defense. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I'd love to see that headline, and I think it's a, a, quite a possibility. I think there's a good chance we'll see something very much like that. All right, John, do you have any more for us? I have one more after this. I have one more, too. You want Okay, here first? we go. You go first, yeah. Okay, this is non-Chiefs. We're getting back to a non-Chiefs story, as we did at the Uh-oh. beginning of the show. NFL fines Buccaneers $1 million for wow. failing to report Tom Brady's MCL injury last season. Mm, yes. I'm sorry. This pisses me off. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I'm, the rules are the damn rules, you know, and it, it infuriates me that the Buccaneers haven't already been fined for this. Now that this story has come out that Brady had essentially a serious injury that wasn't on anybody's on their injury report all of last season when it should have been. The rules are very clear on this. You don't get out of it just because the guy took all the practice reps. Even if you get all the practice reps, you're required for these injuries to be disclosed. Now, let's not even get into why these rules exist. The fact is that these rules do exist. Yeah. And Tom Brady should have to live by them just like everybody else. I think it's bad enough that fans think that Brady gets the benefit of calls during games. I think you're just making that that narrative easier for fans to believe if you let him get away with this kind of crap. I'm just infuriated by it, and I'd like to see the NFL do the right thing and really make the Buccaneers an example. And uh, and I'd also like to point out that maybe this means it isn't really that Bill Belichick is a cheater, that maybe it's Tom Brady that's the damn cheater. So we'll just like to get that out there. I think you make a good point. I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen, and maybe I've just missed them because I do not check Boston headlines every day. But has the article been written? If Tom Brady was still a Patriot, the Patriots would have already been fined $5 million. Like, how, how has that not been written in Boston where they're upset about this? I mean, I, I feel like they always feel like they're the ultimate victim with Bill Belichick and the New England system. But you make a good point. The fact that we didn't have any idea that he had what was a torn MCL throughout mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and really the entire season. That's what was wild about this. This was a big secret because yeah. Adam Schefter didn't know. Ian Rappaport didn't know. The other newsbreakers didn't know. As a matter of fact, Ian Rappaport earlier in the day when we found that out last week only said that he had the torn MCL in the Super Bowl. Then it came out later on. Mm-hmm. And no, no, he had the torn MCL throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly like what the specific rules are. Is there a loophole where... If he just came to training camp like that, they only have to report new injuries. I don't, for what it's worth to your point, I don't think that is the rule. And so the fact that it was not there is an incredible thing and take away the wrong part of it, right? 
amazing that he was able to play the way he did. Certainly. Get yeah. the Bucks to the freaking playoffs and then yeah. run through all these teams and, and win the Super Bowl. But yeah, major surgery this offseason for Tom Brady. And we knew nothing about it until months and months and months later. All right. My final headline. My, I'll go back to the Chiefs with mine. And I have an alternate here. It could be Cornell Powell or Byron Pringle, but either one. Cornell Powell picks up right where Sammy Watkins left off. Mm. And I want to reiterate, I continue to think that McCole Hardman is not an exact fit for the Sammy Watkins X type of position. I think they ideally want a bigger receiver there. We know what Demarcus Robinson is. No offense to the fourth rounder. I think the Chiefs have gotten the absolute most out of Demarcus Robinson. Talk about ceilings. I think the ceiling is super high for Cornell Powell. And when it comes to Byron Pringle, we don't even really know what his ceiling is. All we know when it comes to Byron Pringle is that when he's on the field, when he gets a target, when he has the ball in his hands, he's been successful. It's been a Mm -hmm. plus for the Chiefs. Can he take that next step now that he's, we think, going to be getting the opportunities with Sammy Watkins out of the picture during training camp? Sammy Watkins usually was healthy during training camp, so he was taking a lot of the reps. He is a Baltimore Raven. He is completely gone now. So now it is finally going to be that true wide open competition. Can Byron Pringle or I think a dark horse and a Cornell pal, or if you want to go darker horse and Antonio Callaway, take advantage and make a case. Okay. I'm going to be that fourth target for you. Again, the targets go Kelsey and Hill, something Clyde Edwards, a Then this position for me, who is going to be getting those targets when it comes to your fourth option on this offense? Even darker horse, uh, uh, Jody Fortson or yeah. Joe Fortson, whatever you want to call him. He's Talk about Tim else. Ward. Fortson is yeah. another guy mm-hmm. where yeah. it's got to be this year. Well, I'd love to see that. Obviously, we'd all love to see that because we saw uh, what having that kind of a threat in Sammy Watkins available did for the Chiefs offense. That it was it was more effective when you had that additional threat on the field. So I think that that's something that everybody would like to see. The question is going to be, who's it going to be? And I think you're exactly right that Pringle is a guy who could uh, has the physical traits to, to fill that role that Watkins had. And he's shown that he's capable of making plays when he's given the opportunities. And Powell, of course, uh, you know, was fantastic um, in the end of last uh, season. In the end of the 2020 season, our, our new writer, Jared Sapp, wrote about that. A uh, very good fan post about it uh, a couple of months ago. One of the things that caught our eye about that, that young fella. So, um, you know, the question is, who's it going to be? And they've got a lot of guys in camp. Uh, Callaway's certainly one of the guys that might step up and do that. But as long as it's somebody, I think that's going to be a great headline for the Chiefs uh, coming out of training camp. They just have a lot of skill position options. It's just going to be fun yes, to watch. Do. And a lot of new ones for a change. I know we have the staples that are, are coming back, but it's going to be a fun wide receiver group to watch. Typically, this is the running back room that has 20 members of it this year. <laughs> it's the wide receiver room. And I think that's for a reason. I think it's a wide open competition. They really want to see what they have. I think you're looking at six or seven on the active roster. And I think you're looking probably at another two or three what will make up the practice squad where you have these reserve guys Mm -hmm. at the wide receiver position, especially with the expanded practice squad. So fun group to watch. We'll keep you updated. Arrowheadpride.com. Those are the headlines we'd like to see 
by the end of training camp. We've gone over the news. As a reminder, please do us a favor, rate, review us. Let us know what you think. We love the reviews that are coming in. Coming up on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, another edition of the Arrowhead Drive that starts your day off on Wednesday, followed by our guys at AP Out of Structure taking your questions on the Kansas City Chiefs. For John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show.